Hey everyone, it's Matt Straub welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast Wednesday Whip Around Edition. I'm a little bit under the weather fighting through it this week as we get set to talk to a few different guys from the Roto World Hoops crew. We will begin with Tommy Beer, get some of his recent impressions uh, on some superstars performing well and some waiver wire players of note. Then we'll talk to Mike Gallagher about a wide range of topics, including... Uh, I would say dysfunction in Chicago, the Bulls rotation giving us fits, among other things. And we will close it out by checking in with Steve Alexander. But we, we begin with Tommy Beer. All right, I'm joined now by Tommy Beer. Tommy, what is on your mind? So for my notable numbers column, I think what I'm going to do is talk a little bit about a couple studs, you know, that we expected to have good seasons. Maybe not this good, um, but, you know, that we were certainly drafted in the first couple rounds. And just highlight just how special the season those guys are having. And then also discuss, uh, spend a little, devote a little bit of time to some under the radar guys uh, that should probably be making their way off the waiver wire sooner or later. Um, specifically, Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu. <laughs> and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, just the two guys that, that, that have kind of caught my eye of late. Interesting. And that will be out on Wednesday, by the way, right? Your column? Yep. Dante DiVincenzo, Steve and I talked about on the Waiver Wire podcast before he had a good game on Monday night. What are your thoughts on him? It, you know, it's looking like he's carving out a role and numbers. What, what do you think happens when Middleton's back, or should we not even worry about that right now? Yeah, I mean, that that's obviously the, the kind of uh, cloud, you know, that the, that the party, you know, could will likely come to an right. end at that point. I, I think it's more of just an interim um, until Middleton gets back in the mix. But a few things you have to like. He's played over 24 minutes, now three straight games, which is obviously encouraging. And uh, he's, he's provided some nice offensive production uh, in the last two, 29 points total. Uh, he's got uh, two steals and three steals, respectively, in each of his last two contests. Four rebounds in each one, had four assists on Monday night. Um, so, yeah, again, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at the margins here. This isn't a guy that's going to win your weeks or – um, it's going to take you to the top of your league. Um, but as we all are, especially in the deeper leagues, looking for guys that um, could get hot and provide some solid value over the next couple of weeks. I think DiVincenzo's is one of those dudes. Yeah, per 36 minutes, I'm looking at his numbers right now. 15 points, nearly seven boards, three assists, 2.9 steals, 2.93 is per 36 minutes for him. I mean, you, you love those guys that are around three steals, three threes. <laughs> yes, you um, do. The per three-pointers. And, and plus, we get the chance to say the big ragu on a, on a podcast, which is a, always a nice little We bonus. do. We do. I, I liked Dante DiVincenzo coming into the league. He landed in a difficult spot for a young guy right. to get playing time with, with Coach Mike Budenholzer. Agreed. So, you know, so hopefully he plays well and kind of earns more of a more of a role here going forward. Yeah, very fantasy friendly game, no question about yep. it. Yep. Were there other waiver wired guys you want to talk uh, about? Just Dorian Finney Smith. Oh right. Um, I think he deserves mention. Um, coming off a big game um, on Monday night in the this um, the Mavs win over the Spurs, twenty two points, five rebounds, three assists. Um, he's an efficient offensive player. And he's getting a lot of minutes, played 35 minutes Monday night, 32 minutes the game before. 
going back uh, over his last eight, nine games rather, he's averaging over 27 minutes a night. Um, over his last five, he's at uh, nearly 12 points, nearly four rebounds, uh, 1.53, shooting 55% from the floor. Again, not a league breaker, but a guy, and, and he doesn't really have a high ceiling. You know, obviously Luca's the guy, and we can talk about him in a second. He was one of the one of the guys I wanted to mention that's putting up incredible value. Um, Luca and uh, obviously KP, those are going to be the focal points of the offense. You know, that, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to make sure he gets up his shots, but. Finney Smith's in there primarily for his defense, so he doesn't have an awfully fantasy-friendly game. But again, um, if you're in a 16-teamer, something along those lines, he's a guy that can certainly provide value, relatively high floor. Um, anytime you see a guy averaging 20 minutes a night for a couple weeks, uh, 28 minutes a night for a couple weeks, that's uh, you know worth uh, worth at least mentioning. Yeah, at first I thought you just wanted to mention him because his initials were DFS. That's what I assumed. But <laughs> it's, always, it's always a positive. Over his last five games, nearly 12 points, 1.43 is 0.8 blocks. So that will work. Uh, yep. I want to say he's ruining DeLon Wright with his, you know, yeah. his minutes. But actually what's funny is, not funny at all if you drafted DeLon Wright, which I did in a number of leagues. I read somewhere, I can't remember where now, that DeLon Wright actually asked to come off the bench for the Mavs. It is an interesting story there. I guess the only positive with DeLon Wright is at least, you know, he's only playing less than 22 minutes a night, which is which is disappointing. Right. Um, and and certainly not scoring the way you'd want um, or, or really any of the statistical categories. But at least he's not hurting you anywhere. He's not, you know, he's averaging less than one turnover. Right. Making all his free throws. He is right around the top 150 overall, so it's not like he's killing you. He's not drop worthy. So I do think there's a little bit of value there. Um, just in the sense that you know, hopefully this is the worst the, the worst month of his his season, and he still yeah. uh, has respectable value. And remember, know? he is joining a new team, still figuring it yep. out. One point yep. two steals, zero point eight blocks his last six games. Yep, he's not a guy you need to start, but I do still think he's a very good bench stash at the very worst. I, I agree with you. You know, you, I, I, in my in my Q and As and and questions and stuff like, is he droppable? I would not drop him. You know, I'd hold on to him for a little while. Let's wait a few weeks and, you know, see if he can kind of round into form and get a little more comfortable. I expect him to have some some breakout games. He's probably not going to be a reliable, consistent player. But um, as you mentioned, as a stash, uh, somebody that you can start uh, in a pinch, he certainly hasn't been killing you, if not helping you so far this season. All right. I'm allowed to talk about Luka Doncic. I am not allowed to talk about my side bet with Steve about his free throw shooting. We are, t- we are on a one-week probation from talking about that bet. So What was what was the bet? Can you I, please tell me what the bet? Oh, we had, well, I okay. No, right, I, think, right, well, I think if you ask, I can tell you. The bet, okay, was, okay. the bet was 75% from the free throw line. I had the under. Steve had the over. Okay. I guess 75 okay. is a push. And now I've talked about it. But I think I, our listeners will understand. I think you're all right, to be honest. I understand oh. he's... I'm not convinced that he's gonna that that he's that that I'm not ready to to mail it in just yet. Obviously, Steve's in good shape. What is he at 81, 82 percent now? Yeah, 81. Um, so uh, it's not crazy. It's not crazy, but um, just in general, I guess just your your thoughts on Luca. Um, if he, would you draft him in the top ten? If in a, if we drafted this today, like, what's your feeling? Obviously, the numbers he's putting up are ridiculous. Do you think he can keep it up? Are you, are you, you know, would you draft in the top seven? Like, where, if you're in a redraft, where do you think you'd land right now? You know, it's funny because coming into the season, remember how we were talking about after seven, when Steph Curry was healthy, after seven, we felt like there was a fall off after yep. Jokic and Lillard. Well, Jokic is not holding up his end of the bargain, but that's a different no. story. Yep. Yeah, it's funny because I think Doncic was actually the answer. Yeah. For who you take there. 
and I would take him there. I would take him toward the end of the first round if we were redrafting today. He's currently seventh overall in nine category rankings on basketballmonster.com. I don't see the concerns that we had coming into the season. Now the turnovers are are somewhat outrageous, nearly you know over four and a half per game, but that's okay when you look at the rest of the numbers. And uh, yeah, I, I thought he was going to be shaky again in free throw percentage. I'll be honest, and I didn't want to take the risk, but. Now I probably would, seeing what I've seen. Draft today. Do you draft, and starting, and stats start accruing from tonight forward. Do you draft Paul George or Luca? Which Ooh, one would you? Wow. That's a, I think you got to take Luca. I think you do because of the assists, he, right. you know, over nine assists per game. And I just think, I love Paul George, but... I think Luca's stat line is gonna push you upwards so much in in what is a tough category in assists. I think I'm taking Luca. Sounds like you disagree. Uh... I can't believe I just said that, by the way. <laughs> I... <laughs> but uh, that's that's my current thought. It's a tough one. I I'd probably go Luca too, just because I'm more. You know, Paul has looked so. George has looked so good the first first three games. Um, it looks healthy. Looks fresh. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know you'd be happy with either one. I, I think I'd probably go Luca too, just be just for the games played aspect of it. You know? Right, right. And we know Paul George doesn't want to sit out, but are they going to, you know, sprinkle and rest for him? Uh, how far? How far does Kawhi fall if we draft tonight? Man, well, let's see. Where did he go in our Roto World League? Was he like in the twenties? Does that sound right to you? I want to say earlier than that. I think he was in the mid-teens. I will tell you, I would not touch him. I, I don't know. I mean, I where? I think he could slide into like round three if he if if we draft I think, tonight. I think he's still getting past me there. I, th- I think I agree with you too. Somebody will take him there, you know. Yeah. Um. But I, yeah, I I don't think I would take touch him either. I I mean I just there's just too much. I mean maybe like fifty or something like that. I would I would. Wow. You you you, you even in the forties you think you'd pass on him. I don't know. I just don't think I want those headaches. There are enough headaches. This is a so he did. I, he actually went. He fell really far in the Roto World League. He went 29th. Wow. Yeah. Did he fall that far? Yeah. Holy. Yeah, I remember there was some oozing. People were a little shocked that he fell, but you know this. We know Mike's not going to take him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It might have been around that time where like some bad fantasy. I forget what day it was, you know, but it might have been one of those days where it came out that yeah. He was, but I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm overreacting, but again, I just think why willingly subject yourself to I to agree that. with you, especially now it's not just rest where there where is it, you know, it sounds like a contusion situation. I, I would what I would do if I owned them is I think I'd wait for them to play a game or two and have a good night. I'd try to get rid of my Kawhi Leonard shares if I had any, to be honest. I agree. I think that the other guy Fantasy owners are really wanting to move his Draymond Green. Yes, <laughs> based on people are begging to dump him. I'm not as down on him as as everyone else is. Well, um, you should hit up Jared Johnson in the Roto World League because he <laughs> wants him gone. I know he's offered me about five deals, in, 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 but you know John Collins, he's wanted back, etc. Right? They're not. Um, they're not nothing. His his, his ask is not. Yes, nothing. yes, he hasn't. You know. Um, agreed. If he was willing to dump him for one of my bench guys, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Right. As soon as um, the Jordan Clarkson for Draymond Green offer comes in, I'll hit accept. A hundred percent. You know, people. If, if somebody wants to dump him for a guy, you know, outside the top one hundred, right. um, you know, or top one fifteen, even for you know, I, I will. I'll do it in a minute. But uh, I, obviously, I'm not pursuing him. But I do think there is a bit of a buy low opportunity there. Yeah, especially if you give up next to nothing. Yes. 
All right. Well, everyone, look out for Tommy's Notable Numbers column on rotoworld.com on Wednesday, the same day this podcast is dropping. Tommy, thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Matt. Be good. See ya. Joined now by Mike Gallagher. Mike, what has landed on your radar this week? A whole bunch, man. A lot of guys are hurt, and a lot of guys that were kind of like on the top of the Mount Rushmore of like, oh my god, these guys are injury prone, who were kind of like ducking it until now, right? Like Kevin mm-hmm. Love was on there. He's hurt now. Larry Nance gets hurt a lot. He's he's hurt now. Kyrie. So uh, I think one thing I I don't think I don't know if Nance, I don't know if Nance is on the Mount Rushmore. He gets though. hurt a lot. He's not well, yeah, he's not up there. But I'm just saying, a lot of guys who do have injury risks are all already there so right. i think like i was just imagining the majestic mount rushmore and there's kevin yeah, love kevin loves Kyrie for sure and there's larry that, yeah. nance but nance just crossed my mind so yeah i mean it's just something yeah. to think about so like if you're kind of playing with house money on like chris paul and the thunder are losing games now they're not playing as well gallo as well so like uh if you drafted them you could probably cash out uh I, that's something i would think about doing and then the other thing just generally uh, I was pretty firm on saying I'm not drafting people over 30, and apparently, like next year, I'm not drafting people over like 26, because like all these older guys, man, like all these injuries that look so minor, keeping them out for like weeks and stuff, it's just crazy. True, though. There, I mean, there are some over 30 success stories, like Al Horford's playing quite well. For sure. Um, it's not. It's not all. Here's what I think. I think you could go all in on it, like you did, and and that's probably a wise strategy but i also think for some of us who who are willing to draft older dudes you can get crazy value at some point in a draft yep i agree but i'm saying like early on like if you're and i always say that the first six picks you want to be as safe as you can be you know you want guys who are going to give you 75 games Uh, and then like you said if it's after like pick 80 and some older dude's sitting there like that's not going to break your season when he goes down if he's not one of your like top five, right. or players. I mean, even like 50, 60. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Cool. Yeah. So injury prone dudes are getting injured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, is the big guy yeah, like, so far. Just like guys like Kemba and like Donovan Mitchell. And like, I have a lot of them and like, it's just so right. nice to have these guys. They're just so, so durable. It's like, we, we, we said that was a really right. big theme coming into the year, but um, I guess that kind of leads me to my next thing I wanted to talk about. We have, like, a whole new crop of, like, potential pickups for rookies. And, I mean, given how this the way this season's going, like, so many guys are going to miss games later in the year, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a whole, like, I just wrote down a big list of guys that have looked really good uh, over the last two games. I, I threw Nikhil Alexander-Walker in there uh, just because he had that big game, and the Pelicans have been playing pretty poorly. So, uh, they did sure. have the toughest 19-game schedule to start the season, but... You know, a little bit nervous about Zion coming back. So I think now that they actually are playing him next to Drew, and that's looked pretty good together. Um, granted, it's been out of necessity because they only have like nine healthy guys. But uh, I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker is going to make it really messy. Like we talked about last time, like with Josh Hart and stuff, I think there's just a lot of things that can go wrong. And uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is kind of one of them, I guess. And I, just, I, I wrote down like probably 10 or 15 guys that I think that have kind of crept onto the radar uh, Nick Claxton playing a lot next to Jared Allen. The Nets aren't playing well. They got blown out last night. They got the win against the Bulls without Kyrie. Um, so you would think they kind of knew they weren't competing this year. So given how effective I think Claxton has looked with how well he runs the floor, how he can set screens, how he could actually come off screens uh, as a ball handler. He's just so, so talented. Uh, he's a guard in the center's body. Just, his footwork is just unbelievable for his, as young as he is and as big as he is. So... 
Uh, he's kind of crept onto the stashing radar. Same game. Uh, Goga Patazi, man, he's so good, man. And it's nice to see that he did. He's good. They did kind of tweak their rotation. Uh, and I think it's to get Goga more minutes. Because earlier before Miles got hurt, they were running basically like a hardened Paul, Chris Paul stagger, where they would have kind of one on the, one on the floor at all times with Sabonis and Turner. But now they're kind of making Goga more of a straight backup to Turner. So, you know, I think he has potential upside, um, especially if one of those two guys goes down. We've seen a uh, hip injury for Sabonis. It's been kind of hampering him a little bit. Uh, obviously, T- Turner's got over the ankle injury. So, um, potential kind of a stash. And, I mean, he's been blocking so many shots in limited time, too. So, yeah. he may even have yeah, some standalone 1.8 in 17 minutes a game. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's nearly four. He's nearly four per 36 Yeah, minutes. he's been unbelievably <laughs> good. And I mentioned this, I think, on my Friday pod. I was like, watch out for Kevin Porter Jr. And I didn't think it was going to be because of love. I thought it was because of Nance. And I thought he looked pretty good. I was watching that yeah. game. I was subjecting myself to that game. He's really aggressive. <laughs> he gets in the paint a lot. You know, he's a decent shooter, NBA size for sure. So uh, we know the Cavs aren't playing very well. So they're going to probably want to figure out a way to get him minutes. And, man, Jetty Osman has just been bad. Like, he can't play the four. Um, he's just too small. We kind of saw that later in the season where he would have okay stats, but they would just get run around. So, yeah, I think Porter, um, we know Kevin Love, his back injury history is just insanely long. So you'd think he'd miss his games. And I think Porter Jr. could really – carve out a role for himself in this rotation. I didn't, honestly, I didn't, uh, on opening night, I didn't expect him to get minutes, and he did. So um, they obviously value him quite a bit. We'll see what happens with Dylan Windler, who's going to be in the G League for a little bit. And he was three for eight from the free throw line, but he actually hadn't missed a free throw before that. So if you're looking at his box score and thinking, that's a problem, I don't think it really is. It's not like the whole Jared Culver thing where like he shot like 77% last year, and like now he's shooting like 25% from the line. But it's weird, like how NBA, I guess it's just on the spotlight, but... uh. I have a, I have yeah. so many names. Uh, I know yeah, you probably want to talk about who's really the star of the rookie show last night, and that was Daniel Gafford, who I foolishly, I thought he was owned, and I saw you picked him up, and I, I facepalmed the hell out of myself last night. Because <laughs> I, I love Gafford. Like, uh, summer league superstar, man. Uh, Chris Dunn said it best. Like, he could dunk the bleep out of the ball, and he does. He dunks all day. Like, total kind of Quinn Capella offense, roll man. Uh, he can block shots. I, I think Gafford is already... Maybe not 12-team viable yet because the kind of game flow with the way it went uh, helped him get more minutes. But he's not going to play next to Carter Jr., I don't think. But maybe, like, is something wrong with marketing, by the way? Like, he just looks horrible right now. I think Boylan – well, first of all, by the way, look at that box score from Monday night. Like, every they had 10 guys play between 18 and 28 minutes. It's, it's their so rotation so bad, man. It's, it's so yeah, annoying. <laughs> this is why I like faded Bulls, man. He's just so annoying with his rotations. He's playing four point he cards. He loves Archie Diacono, Chris Dunn, and Kobe White together. Loves it. He has to give those guys minutes together like a ton. It's so, so annoying. Like it's really put, it's put Thomas Sandoransky. I still can't drop him, but like this whole, no, yeah, this either. whole bench thing is just killing. Well, yeah. It's so weird. Like you, you know, you, usually are relatively safe to follow the money when it comes yeah. to like who's going to get playing time. So I don't know what the Bulls are doing. Like He does get more than 18 minutes most games. Yeah, well, the thing fairness. is that, uh, what, after the second or third game, he got, oh, uh, especially fantasy people, he's like, oh, yeah, we got to develop the whole roster. Like, come on, man. You're, what are you developing, like, the 15th guy on your bench? You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, man. I just don't see why they're giving why he just loves Archie Diakono so much man he needs to get out of the rotation it's uncalled for it's like uncalled. they're putting so much undue pressure on Levine 
Yeah, I got to backtrack quickly to Gafford because I was watching that game. Or I was I was actually watching a different game. I think I was watching the Cavs Knicks game, but I looked at the Bulls box score. So I went to my computer to go pick him up, and I was like, "There's no way Gallagher hasn't picked him up yet. He's <laughs> nice. definitely gone." Yeah. And uh, then I knew the race was on when I uh, once I saw he was still there. Yeah, I had no idea he was on waivers. My thirty team league is is just disaster though so it's probably not going to save me i actually drafted him in that league and then dropped yeah. him when he wasn't playing. i picked him up right after like instantaneously after you dropped him yeah which is always a good feeling i thought someone picked him up after i did but hey but anyways um yeah so and i feel like the bulls man what, what are, they're like uh they're gonna have to change this rotation up like it's but i don't think bowen's gonna get fired like he just got a contract extension but like the way that they're going now is just it's they're gonna get i mean for as bad I mean, you can't lose at home against a Kyrie-less Nets team the way they did. Like, they just folded late in the season. Late in the game, I mean. So, yeah. so that's, I mean, that's all That's all, That's all. all great for Gafford, you know? So, yeah, yeah I think he's, yeah. again, not quite 12-team viable yet, but I think he's going to be there pretty soon. But Wendell Carter Jr. has really been the lone bright spot, I would say. Maybe a little bit of Levine, but Wendell Carter Jr. looks really good and, you know, not blocking enough shots yet, but um, their perimeter defense, like, Chris Dunn's going for too many steals. So is White. Like they're just they're too many defensive breakdowns in the perimeter. So I feel like that puts a little bit of pressure on his fouling rate and everything. Right. I guess I'll just fly through the rest of these names that I that have kind of like yeah. I've got my eye on. I guess I think Nazir Little. I don't do, just quickly on Carmelo. Is he gonna make it to the roster guarantee date in January? I don't know. <laughs> do you think he's gonna make it that uh, far? That's a good question. Wait, yeah, January seventh. Is so, that what yeah, it it's is? Like something uh, like that. What he last ten games in Houston last year. <laughs> But that that wasn't even really basketball related in Houston. Yeah, it was just like a, yeah. So it was sort of was, but yeah, it was. Like no, but he was playing like okay. It's not like he yeah. has literally nothing left. I you know I think he yeah. has. So yeah, I would say I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes, but I don't think that he is. I think his main fantasy contribution this year is going to be wrecking other guys' limited fantasy value. For sure. Like Nazir Little, who was just starting to get hot as a pickup, I would say. Keep an eye on him. The Suns are starting to lose a little bit of steam. I guess that's partly because of Ricky Rubio missing games. So that's going to help out Cam Johnson, uh, who I think has been... We, we bash him all the time for you know being older than Devin Booker when they picked him. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's a guy to keep an eye on. Kellen Martin really stepped up with the Jake Lehman injury, so that's kind of a super sneaky... DFS punty streamy kind of a guy to keep an eye on, uh, and then I mentioned earlier with the Thunder, you know they're losing a little bit of steam. Um, I think Darius Baisley really showed some promise. He can kind of get hot. Uh, Terrence Mann had a really good game two two and three games ago. He's a guy to keep an eye on, uh, and then Cam Reddish has actually been a little bit better. The last uh, two thirty of the Clippers game when they got beat by when they dropped uh, when they allowed one fifty, he had like eleven DFS points in the final two thirty. And he shot the ball a little bit, a little bit better. He's really been the most inefficient player on jumpers in the league, um, so maybe he could eventually get going. And this whole Kevin Herter thing is out three to four weeks, so uh, Reddish is going to have to play a lot. And the the Hawks have been just so bad. Um, their last six games, they have the, by far the worst uh, defensive rating in the league. They're just giving up points in bunches. Well, that was not an easy road trip. Yeah, for sure. But uh, but I mean, they're getting <laughs> yeah, 122 no. defensive rating. Like you can't blame that on a road trip. Like, that's just bad. <laughs> no. No, but quickly, Reddish, I think he's another good stash. I think Reddish is a guy who could easily be a guy who looks like a mess, looks like a mess, you know, gradual improvements here and there, though, and then all of a sudden it just clicks together. Yeah, he's starting to, like, his shot selection still. And it's not even, like, this is correctable stuff, man. Like, he's shooting off-balance stuff. Like, you shouldn't be doing that as a rookie. You should just be leaning on Trey Young, getting open looks, 
getting maybe one dribble right. drives off closeouts on people trying. Well, no one closes out on him because he can't shoot right now. So it's kind of tough. But again, I love pace. The Hawks play fast. There's an opportunity here. So uh, like the range of outcomes are definitely in his favor. Uh, and then just two other names that are keeping an eye on here. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, we got to keep an eye on this whole Will Barton abducted thing. And, you know, the Nuggets, they want to shake at the rotation. Looks like they want to play him too. And then just keep an eye on Marco Guterich as well, who's been kind of been filling up the stat sheet when he gets opportunity. He's been playing pretty well. And again, pace on the Grizzlies. There's going to be a lot of fantasy value to go around. Any of those guys tickle your fancy at all? And this is like, again, this is, if you're in a 12-teamer, this is like thinking like two or three steps ahead. Yes. And I think in shallower leagues, my rookies that I'm, I still think are going to break out are Darius Garland and DeAndre Hunter. Neither one looks yeah. great right now, but there are glimpses. There are glimpses, and you know Garland is, you know, he's hitting double digits most nights. Like the Cavs are bad, sure, but that's a dynamic player. And I think Hunter has shown some flash, some some really impressive stuff. Yeah, and both of those guys. Just a reminder: it's a, it's a super long season. Like two months from now, both those guys could be just lights out. Yeah, for sure. Or at least, or at least, absolutely startable. Yeah, and we know year in year out, rookie field goal shooting is always bad, and then it kind of gets better as the year goes on. But right, I mean Trey Young. Trey Young's the ultimate example, yeah. right? Like last year at the beginning of the year, it was he was sort of a disaster fantasy yep. wise, and then he was a league winner for yep. a lot of people. Yeah, I think he was. Yep. But yeah, I think. I'm not so. I guess if you want to talk about positives on Garland, I guess the minutes are higher than I thought. You know, when he came out, when he, yeah, in the preseason they were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna shut him down if he's like under 100 percent at all." And they had that whole foot thing where they was like, "Oh, I don't know what's wrong with his foot," and it's like, "Up." Oh. And I was actually all in on Garland to going all out on Garland when that I happened. Know. Yeah, I hate hearing. I don't know why a guy got hurt, man. I just I, I run for the hills for that one. You and I had a conversation one day, and I, I mentioned like Garland, how I was yeah. excited about him, and you you were like, ah, I loved him two weeks yep. ago, but now I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hate that. I don't know why this guy's hurt. Commentary, man. Um, same with like Otto Porter, like they were saying they were going to manage him because they want to be careful. And like now, oh my god, like dude, is Otto Porter droppable? I've had people asking me that on Twitter. Yeah, I've been saying no, but just until we, I think we got to get some kind of more concrete. Yeah. I don't know. It really I think depends he is. on in a ten teamer. Like I mean, there's like there's yeah. got to be guys where. If you're in a 10-team, there's some really good players. Like I'd pick Frank Nielakina over Auto. Interesting. Yeah, Frank hasn't really been scoring a lot, but he's been really good in assists. Steals have been there. I think I'd probably wait a week or two unless there's someone who just yeah. you feel like you absolutely have to pick up. That's just me. But Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Like Obviously, if you drafted him in the fifth or sixth round, it's really tough to cut bait yeah. there. But I mean, when he comes back, too, they're going to manage the hell out of him. This man. is true. This is so, true. I don't really see any – I don't see how he hits top 50 going forward. That's obviously a high bar to hit. Yeah, so I guess if you want to talk about some, I guess, teams that are kind of bad yeah. and kind of what that means, I thought that'd be interesting to talk about. So actually, Jonas and I kind of touched on this on Friday where, like, what's up with the Spurs, man? There's this whole Greg Popovich possibly retiring thing. He just doesn't really care as much. He had that comment the other day where he's saying, like, you know, our lineup with Trey Lyles is doing well and it really hasn't been. So it feels like there's a lot of, like, easy adjustments to make. And obviously, there's also the rumors of trading DeMar DeRozan, which, I mean, that looks even more likely now with how poorly they're playing. Like, I don't think, I mean, are they dead as far as the playoff hunt goes? They're 5-9. and nine. Yeah, and I mean, you know, DeJounte Murray's playing 23 minutes a game. What are they doing? Well, they wanted to, so he played pretty well, like, I want to say five games ago. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to ramp him up. And because he played 26 minutes or whatever it was. And they're like, oh, yeah, more, more, more. And then he's just been kind of really falling apart. Someone actually uh, who follows me dropped him 
I think, yeah, um, someone was asking me about him too recently. Yeah, it's probably the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still believe in DeJounte too. He's actually really kind of fallen off um, with steals too. Like his steals numbers have been down a little bit, but he's still going to be fine. Other than that, um, I think we got to keep an eye out on Lonnie, Lonnie Walker, who's kind of almost like a rookie because he didn't really play much last right. year. So um, he has been in Greg Popovich's doghouse hardcore. Like he called him out for not trying hard enough when he played, you know, almost like garbage time minutes too. So that was kind of weird. But yeah, um, we need to see more Derek yeah. White, DeJounte as well. I think they're at seven minutes on overlap together on the season. That just has to come up. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, this team. That they need, that I think they need to rebuild, man. Like they just don't have the talent. They take too many mid ranges, man. Nineteen percent of their shots are from mid range. There's two teams as of last night that are under four uh, percent. The Rockets, the obvious one, and then the other ones, the Hornets, which is kind of crazy. Wow. But um, yeah, so I think they keep an eye on that. Speaking of the Hornets, uh, they've also kind of lost their mojo a little bit. So uh, Miles Bridges, who I know you and I both like, he's been pretty bad. So bad. Um, but I still have a, I still have I'm giving Bridges a pretty long leash here. Yeah. Like if so like so what about how about this? So if someone drop like say you have someone drop Bridges and you have auto, would you drop you swap I would. them? Yes. That's okay. that's yeah. over the that's over the bar of upside. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz he has pretty similar ceiling yeah. but a much much higher floor than auto. Yeah, but he's been he's been one of the bigger letdowns this season. Bridges has. Dude, I know. Big disappointment. Yeah. Him and LeVert have probably been my two biggest misses so yeah. far. But again, um, I mean, Bridges could look like a totally different guy in February, you know. Yeah. So yeah, he dominated the last like ten games yeah. of the season. Block rate was way higher, and he was starting to block a little bit like six, seven games ago. Uh, and he was it was like either defense or shooting, and it was just never lining up. So I still think he has a shot. Uh, you mentioned the Hawks. We kind of hit him yeah. in it, but yeah, I think keep an eye out for Reddish and like you mentioned Hunter. We kind of at least I kind of thought he wouldn't quite be there offensively, but he did have that six six steal game again. I think him playing some four could help out. I even think maybe John Collins returning actually couldn't be a bad thing for him. Hunter's um, gonna figure then, it out. Hunter's gonna figure it out. Yeah, he has. He's just so solid. Yeah, he'll figure it out. I, I'm very confident of that. I don't know exactly when, but yep. Yeah. All right, Mike. Thanks as always, man. You'll uh, you'll be back with the Friday podcast, so everyone look out for that on Friday. Thanks, man. We need to have a red light or a sign on the front door that says recording in process. Progress. <laughs> okay. Dude, I, I might have to start our little thing with that, with you saying that. Of what? <laughs> of you saying, we need to have a red light. <laughs> I swear to my wife I'm comes tired. home for lunch every time we're doing this and just starts balling out down there. <laughs> <laughs> just goes crazy. It's like now is the time. Uh, I'm dying over here. That was hilarious. All right. I'm joined now by the closer, Dr. A, to bring this thing home. Steve, what's up? The closer. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Pitching the third inning today. <laughs> it's a three three inning game. Uh what's the word? What's uh what's on your mind fantasy wise? Uh yeah, I I should say first of all, I want to confess this to you because but first of all, I did – I technically talked about the bet when I was on with Tommy. He brought up that player in question. I said I'm allowed to talk about him, but I'm not allowed to talk about our bet. And then he said, what's the bet? And I was like, all right, fine, I'll tell you. So I kind of I kind of broke the moratorium, but we're not going to do it here. Most importantly, you and I are not going to. But I thought okay? that was only for last uh, 
the oh that was only one podcast yeah yeah i yeah. I, I, I thought we were going to try to go a week but you might be right well and we can episode. we can do a week we don't really need to talk about what everybody already knows after <laughs> uh, after monday night's uh, performance <laughs> is that what you were going to mention like was that going to be the first thing you mentioned when i said what's up uh i don't i'm not really sure i'm not sure oh okay where I was going to I've watched uh, most of the Mavericks games this year. That's my mm-hmm. my team of choice to watch on on the league pass. And uh, I am a little surprised at at Luka Doncic, his lack of steals and his lack of blocks because yeah. he he gets in the paint and he mixes it up and he gets all those rebounds. But he um, those two categories are are usually pretty lacking, which which is fine. I don't really care. But zero point zero point two blocks, one point two steals I think on the season yeah so he's not that's really the one area at that in turnovers I, I again I thought percentages were going to be an issue they haven't been so far but yeah I mean you'd like to see more but obviously the points rebounds assists and threes uh, are are carrying a lot of I weight. have zero complaints <laughs> <laughs> um, one, yeah. one thing that's interesting everybody talks about turnovers with certain players but have you noticed Giannis uh his incredibly uh, high turnovers this season? Yeah, 4.8. 4.8, yeah. I feel like it's it might be uh, – I thought it was above 5. But, I mean, I, th- I think he's had 8 twice and a bunch of 7s. Yeah, well, and the other thing about him is his free throw percentage has been an issue this year, more so even than last year. I'm, I'm double-checking right now. Well, he's 4.8 turnovers. Uh, maybe he's been quieter. Oh, nope. Never mind. He had eight of them on Monday. <laughs> uh, 4.8 turnovers. And he's shooting 61 from the line on 11 attempts per game. And the 11, mm. the attempts are up from 9.5 last year. However, last year he shot 73%. And between the turnovers and the free throws, you do not have yourself a quite a first-round caliber player in nine-category leagues. You're close. He's right. He's right on the outskirts, though. He's closer to top 15 than than top 10. He's, I believe, well, we're counting Paul George in the rankings because we think he's going to be a top 10 guy. We're not counting DeAndre Ayton, so that I put Giannis 13th on Basketball Monsters leaderboard. Yeah, and the, um, yeah, I just noticed the turnovers were were pretty out of control with him. And then I don't own him anywhere, so I wasn't really, you know, taking a deep dive into his other stats, but the. Uh, it's interesting that he's shooting at that poorly from the free throw line. So yeah. he's been the worst. I'm pretty sure the worst guy in fantasy for free throws this year. Just because he's you, shooting so many. When you of combine them. when you combine the number that many at 61 percent is just is pretty crushing. Yeah. Because um, like you look at Drummond for example, well he's actually nearly 70 percent this year, which is just continues to delight and amaze. <laughs> but you know someone like Capella who who's shooting 45 percent from the line only shoots three a game. Giannis shooting 11 at 61% is more harmful. So, I mean, I think if you have Giannis, you need to potentially pivot toward a free throw punt if you weren't already. That's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is also probably a good time that if you don't own Giannis to maybe maybe bring these points up with uh, the Giannis owner and see if you can sneak him away. Yeah, it's interesting because I was noticing his free throw percentage early. In October, he shot 55% in his first four games. But then he had... Some good games. He he had a 14 for 18 game in early November, and I was like, oh, okay, he's figuring it out. That was an early season blip. But then he had a 5 for 12 on Monday, an 11 for 20 game uh, last Thursday from the free throw line. So 
it's really it's truly a great news bad news situation for Giannis because he's hitting a lot of threes which is phenomenal to see his scoring is up his rebounds are up his assists are up his steals and blocks are right where they were everything is better basically fantasy wise except for turnovers and free throws which are significantly worse <laughs> yeah I kind of wish I would have put him uh, put him on my buy low list yeah yeah, and, and I don't know. I don't know what people's perception. I didn't draft him anywhere either. I don't know what people's perception is of of Giannis uh, on their fantasy squads. I have to think they're feeling the free throws more than anything else. Well, but they also are enjoying all the other the good I stuff mean, he's doing. They're not bad about thirty points, fourteen rebounds, and six assists. Mm. I don't think with nearly one and a half steals, blocks, and threes. So I'm not I'm not saying I'm down on the guy, but I think it's a stat line that in a nine category league uh, presents a few challenges, issues. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I got an email today from a guy named Adam who emails me somewhat frequently, and he asked why I think me in particular, but maybe everyone is not giving Chris Dunn some more love. The backup point guard for the Bulls playing pretty well. Um, He doesn't score, but he's getting assists and blocks, and uh, he's got a pretty decent ranking. Um, Yes, he does. Would you rather own Chris Dunn or... Frank Nilakina or Markel Fultz? Dunn is a top 90 guy in nine category leagues, again, based on Basketball Monsters rankings. But I think it's kind of a trick, um, yeah. if that makes sense. He's getting 2.2 steals a game. That's obviously a difference-making number in steals. But look at the rest of his stat line. 6.8 points, three boards, three assists, 0.33s. He's just not he doesn't contribute in any other counting stats. He And the reason he's that high in nine category leagues is less than one turnover a game. So he is playing well in real life to some extent for the bulls. Um, and it, it's funny. Mike was just saying uh, he gambles too much for Mike Gallagher was just saying he gambles too much for steals on defense. Either way. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I would rather have, I would rather have, uh, I would rather have faults. Well, dude, that's interesting. I don't want either of them that much to be honest with you. But I think I'd rather have Fultz because he's at least – Fultz isn't that bad. He just has low counting stats too. But he's at least averaging nearly 11 points a game and I think has a, a higher ceiling to, to figure it out than Dunn. Dunn's fighting so many guys. We were just talking about how the Bulls play four point guards. <laughs> well, and the, the thing about the, that question with Dunn and Fultz and Neil Aquina is, like, I still feel like Fultz has yet to have his, his breakout performance, which I still think is coming. I, I still think – if Fultz stays healthy, he's going to only get better as the year goes on. And then, Fultz is, yeah. Oh, are, are we still on Fultz or are you about to talk about someone else? Well, I was going to, and then Neil Aquina, I think, is is the number one point guard option in New York. And I mean, his scoring has been really bad lately, but but he's also not taking shots. But like all three of those guys are, are pretty intriguing uh, in, in my mind. So I'm, I'm thinking about ringing a bell when we say intriguing. What do you think? <laughs> And serviceable. Like, I'll just have a little bell sound effect. How quick do you think people get sick of that? No, as for Fultz, though, I mean, the thing we have to remember is, and that I think we forget, is he's basically a rookie. He's played now 46 NBA games over parts of three seasons. And Mike and I were just talking about, you know, some of these rookies figuring it out on the fly. I I love to talk about Darius Garland and DeAndre Hunter as two guys who I think are going to break out. And Fultz, I think, is not that different. He's, He's essentially a rookie. So he's established kind of this floor, right, of around 11 points, three assists, 1.3 steals. He's actually shooting well from the field and the free throw line. He's not turning it over a lot. He is platooning with DJ Augustine, so that's not ideal. 
But yeah, I think there's a chance for Fultz to take off from here, which is why I'd rather have him than those other guys. Yeah, and back to Mike Gallagher's comment about Dunn uh, gambling too much for steals. That 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 is an awesome take because I literally uh, try never to watch Chris Dunn and the Bulls play basketball. So <laughs> the fact that he watches them enough to know that Chris Dunn is out there taking unnecessary risks on the defensive end of the court, you know that's why Mike Gallagher gets paid the big bucks. We were lamenting the Bulls' rotation, which is just a complete nightmare. Like I said, playing four point guards, which is not good for anyone in terms of fantasy. But you know, Dunn is Dunn did have a really good line on Monday night against the Bucks, and maybe that's where the question came from. He had like nine dimes and two blocks, I think. He did have two blocks, a steal, and two blocks, six rebounds, eight points yeah. in twenty five minutes. Yeah, I'm gonna throw one more name out there. Yeah, Matt, and then me. we're gonna get out of here. Yeah, is Marcus Morris? Is this a mirage or is this real? Him and Andrew Wiggins are the two guys I think. Where I'm just I'm just waiting. Like, how is this happening? I wrote about Wiggins in Round Ball Stew last week, and I pointed to three years ago Wiggins had a start, not totally dissimilar to this. After eleven, his first eleven games, he was off to a really good start. Not quite this good, but again, I think Wiggins is couldn't be set up better as a sell high, even though he just missed some games recently. But once he's back, he's sort of the ultimate sell high to me. Marcus Morris, top seventy value so far. Blocking shots, that's the weirdest thing to me, I think. He's scoring so many points. I mean, he's got, it seems like he's like 20 or 24 every night. Yeah, he's a, he's a close to 19 a game, which I think would be a career high. He's shooting in the low 40s. He looks pretty good to me. I mean, when I watch the Knicks, and there goes my voice again, he looks pretty good, man. And I, I don't know. I think my only concern with Morris really more than anything would be his – numbers trailing off if the Knicks go young later in the season or if he gets traded. Yeah, that's what I, that's I'm what pretty I, sure he's on a one-year deal, right? I think so. I think he's on a one-year deal with the Knicks, so I'd be a little worried about him getting dealt to a lesser situation or taking a hit if the Knicks prioritize youth uh, at some point. But, yeah, I think for now, uh, for the near future, the Marcus Morris contract drive is looking pretty good. <laughs> okay. Uh, lastly, before we get out of here, I, I've not – gotten any uh feedback from anyone who's going to help me get uh lucas shoes so ah just okay. gonna just gonna throw that out there we're still waiting we've got a couple months you do you have any flyers out there currently and you got uh, a couple months so but no flyers you have a couple months but no flyers no there's no tentacles out there currently that could come back and say we got a break we got a lead <laughs> well not that I know of, but you know, stranger things have happened. I get, That's I've true. gotten random emails from heroes of mine. So, all right. Well, you you're just putting, never know. You're putting it out into the universe. I think that's the most important thing for these things. So, well, if, if 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 it doesn't work, I'll just I'll take my twelve year old down there, put a Luca right. jersey on him, and and we'll go see what what kind of magic we can work. I called you the closer at the beginning of this, but that's the true closer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Steve. Thanks, man. Uh, we will talk to you soon. Bye. All right, that's about it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review the show as well. Thanks again to Tommy Beer, Mike Gallagher, and Steve Alexander for joining me this week. Thanks to all of you for listening. We'll talk to you soon.